Alright y'all, alright y'all, this is Monday, you know what it is, the start of the week, and you are never out of bounds, this is your host, El Jamal, we coming in after the weekend, we got some hot and ready topics, we're gonna get into some of these white ring uh, protests in Portland, Oregon, we also got some baseball news on tap, some NFL, Rob Gronkowski will be back in minicamp, so we'll be hearing a little bit about that, and then terms of basketball of course we're going to be talking about these finals and also um at near the end of the show i wanted to have a debate uh we'll bring up a topic of debate and uh, i wanted to compare two nba superstars one uh one is a hall of famer a potential hall of famer he's no longer playing but one is still active near the end of his career and we're going to talk a little bit about those two a little bit later on but we're going to get right into the war on the street and Sunday, yesterday uh, afternoon, there were a series of white ring protests in Portland, Oregon. And these these protests were headed by a group called the, excuse me, uh, the, pa- uh, the Patriot Prayer. And this group is headed by Washington State Senate candidate Joey Gibson, who's a Republican. Now, of course, we kind of already get an idea of what that's all about uh but currently there is going to be a a midterm election headed up uh for the senate and he's currently challenging democratic incumbent maria cantwell now uh they staged a series of protests and the the violence pretty much began at 4 p.m when the group arrived at the uh, terry scrunk um plaza and i believe that's somewhere near the downtown area i've i've been to portland so many times i vaguely remember it but i believe that's somewhere in the downtown area so it's it's and it also traveled all throughout the city there were at least four arrests made but uh there was definitely fights at parks uh on sidewalks of course and part even a parking garage now at some point because there was just so much opposition uh against the right wing protesters that there was some police protection at least kind of uh whisking them away to other areas that's because they were getting their asses handed to them apparently which is what all which which is always the case and the cold part about this one was that their main intention this time was not necessarily they didn't really have any speeches planned uh they really didn't have any speaking going on they pretty much came in there ready to fight and every time i hear a story like this i always i'm always uh, my memory is always talking back to about freshman year and i've i remember these flashes from the news about this uh protest well actually it was a kkk rally in cleveland ohio and i remember it like it was yesterday the few flashes that i do remember and it was just the kkk i think neo-nazis and all that they're they're pro they're you know marching and everything but then you just see this normal black and mexican people just beating the crap out of them and it's hilarious because you heard them talking stuff the whole time like we're gonna do this and we're gonna do that and then nope as soon as they hit downtown all the blacks and mexicans jump the shit out of them and it's just hilarious and it's pretty much what happened here um as soon as they they would move to one event and try to go to another um they were met by the anti-fascists and just getting their asses handed to them uh it started off with just arguing at first especially when the first uh the first initial uh confrontations were basically just arguing and shouting but then eventually hands got thrown and yeah the right wing got their asses whooped again now however the cold part about that is joey gibson and the patriot prayer guys and a, a couple of other groups that they're um joining up with or at least getting members from are very violent uh just so it just so happens that a little while uh, a little more recently 
a member stabbed a man who spoke out against his racial tirade against two uh, women on a on a public transportation on a uh, on a bus out there and so they're very dangerous and also uh he's very um Joey Gibson the head himself is very pro carrying open guns uh or I'm sorry loaded guns and they will they will show up to these events loaded packed and ready so I would suggest who's ever in that area you want to get involved that's great be careful these guys are not above causing some and that, that there hasn't been any uh violence to that degree uh I haven't found any evidence of that yet but just know that that they are carrying, they are armed, which would lead in more, you know, in reality, that would lead to more of a, at least a chance of that type of violence happening. So you guys be careful out there. Now, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back and we're going to get into some sports news. We'll start off with the MLB. And it's a very interesting story because there might be uh, a new baseball team in Portland, Oregon. And the ironic thing, it might be owned by a black couple. So we'll be right back, y'all. I hope you're enjoying. All right, y'all, we are back and we're going to get right into this sports news. Now, there is a good chance that there may be some baseball in Portland, Oregon. Now, the Portland Diamond Project is trying to develop a team in Portland, Oregon, and Russell Wilson and and his wife, Sierra, have been added to a, a list of investors. Now, this is really cool because they're going to be key contributors. Therefore, they'll have a high stake in what goes on in the team and the development and everything. So that's really good to see a to see a, a face like Russell Wilson up there in a city where there's no not a whole lot of black representation. If this were to go through, that'd be great. It'd be one of the first uh, minority owners, uh, majority owners, that is, in any sport. So that's that's a good look. And especially, like I said, in a city like Portland, where there's not a whole lot of black representation. I think that's always good to look at. And I wish him I wish him luck. Uh, the group was headed by a former Nike exec who was responsible for getting Russell Wilson his endorsement contract by Nike. So they're they're pretty much uh, familiar with each other on a business basis. Um, the, the main plan right now, though, is to be is to acquire land and begin building a ballpark. And I think those are the, the, the most important things about any sports franchise, whether it comes down to keeping them there or even developing one. And that's the stadium. And I think the biggest issue with that is is because they cost so much, who's going to be holding the bill for it? A lot of times uh, private investors can come together and create a stadium on their own and go from there. However, they, you know, some owners would like to have a, a split venture with the city and, and split it up with tax revenue and stuff like that. And that causes problems, as you can tell, uh, that's what. Uh, one of the main reasons, actually, that is the main, that is the reason why the Seattle Supersonics left Seattle, uh, were the issues about the stadium and who's going to be responsible for paying for it. So, um, first things first would be to acquire the land and, and have a, a plan to be, a, a plan to begin building a ballpark. And the reason why I say there's a pretty good chance Portland gets a team, uh, is the simple fact that Rob Manfred, the commissioner of Major League Baseball, wants to expand to about 32 teams. And the other three cities that he has on tap are Montreal, Charlotte, and Mexico City. Now, I 
I am a, I I wouldn't mind seeing the MLB in Mexico City. I don't see where that wouldn't work. However, I'm not 100% sold on Charlotte, and I know for a fact they've already had an MLB team in Montreal. The Expos, if y'all don't remember, they didn't do as well. So I think it would be good to see something completely out of the norm, uh, especially something we haven't seen. Chicago, I'm sorry, Charlotte would be a decent city, but I'm not too sure if it's a baseball city per se. And Mexico City, I definitely think that would, would be one of the two spots if they were definitely considering it. So I, Portland is, is a, is, is probably, I would say, if I were to rank them out of, out of the four cities I see here, I would say, number two behind maybe Mexico City if not one of the first cities again they've already done Montreal and it didn't necessarily work so I wouldn't mind to see something new there and there is there has been um there has been some expression of wanting some type of uh protein outside of the trailblazers in Portland for a while and they also support a a, a single a baseball team as well a minor league baseball team as well so i think it'll be a good look i think it would be a really good look for the city and i think it'd be good to have um somebody like russell wilson behind it i think it i think it definitely works now let's get to the off to the nfl rob gronkowski has announced that he will indeed be attending a patriots minicamp uh basically he was quoted as saying i'm full go I'm looking forward to it. This is coming out through a lot of a lot of concern and then after off season or actually after the Super Bowl when he was contemplating uh moving on. And you gotta understand, you know, Gronkowski is rolling in the dough. Like he's made multi million dollars off, you know, his his endorsement deals like he hasn't as as far as I know he hasn't even touched his actual NFL contract money, so he's doing pretty well. I think the the I think the the thing now would 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 be to see if he really still wanted to play. It'd be a one. It would have to be a one at this point. And he has been injured. He has been through a lot. And I think uh, another thing about it is probably the Patriots coaching staff. It's not as peaches as cream as you would think. Yes, there's a lot of winning over there, but maybe players aren't as happy as you would think. So that might have a little bit to do with that. That might have had a little bit to do with it. But with all that being said, Rob Gronkowski will be back. So my Patriots fans, wherever y'all at, Y'all can sleep easy, I guess. <laughs> now, uh, also, the Bears signed tight end Zach Miller to a uh, so a one year contract. Now, Zach has been dealing with uh, a dislocated knee. He suffered last year and has had nine surgeries before January of this year. Um, this is basically, I guess, a, a move for the locker room. They wanted a good presence in the locker room to keep people, I guess, you know, motivating in line, stuff like that, because there's no real guarantee that he plays because of these knee problems next year. Uh, this actually this coming season. Uh, so he's about 33 years old. And last year, like I said, he did suffer through injuries, but he was only able to get about 20 catches, about 289 yards and about two touchdowns. Now, the two years prior to that, he did get a decent amount of yards, 925 and nine touchdowns. So. I'm guessing once he's able to get, well, there's no, like I said, this is pretty much a locker room uh, signing. This is somebody to have around and to boost, you know, morale up because like I said, there's no real guarantee that he does play this season. So that's weird, but there, there, there you go. That's what the bears have done. Good luck guys. Good luck. Now off to the NBA. And we all know that the Cavs and the Warriors played Sunday. And, again, it was another win. 
with the Golden State Warriors, 122-103. The Warriors have gone 2-0 in the series. I'm not surprised. This game, um, Durant, you know, did his thing. 26 points, 9 rebounds. Curry had a quiet third quarter, but it erupted in the fourth, and he finished with 33 points and 8 assists. And then Thompson helped out with 20 points. Uh, they played a lot better defense this game. Uh, there's no real complaints on my part from the referees, although they said that they did miss a call. I ain't really tripping because overall the pay, uh, the Golden State Warriors played a lot better today. There was no real chance. As for the Cavs, LeBron got about 29 points, 13 assists, and nine rebounds. You know, I mean, I don't. You know, a lot of people will say that he was made to look human. I think he, you know, that's a, about average. That's about as average as he can get. I mean it. You know, I mean, still, still the second highest scorer in total on both teams. So, you know, decent, you know, didn't, didn't have a monster game, but shit. I mean, how much energy does he have? There was a, a time where people said he went, you know, got tired. And I think that's, you know, probably the case when you are exerting yourself with that much energy, but. I mean, what can you do? Golden State played a good game. Love helped out with his 22 points and 10 rebounds. Thompson also, uh, Tristan Thompson also had 11 points, and George Hill rounded everything out with 15 points. So, you know, he, I guess they did what they can do. They just, again, Golden State is just too much for them boys, too much. All right, y'all, we're going to take another final break, and then we'll be back. And I wanted to do a player comparison, and we're going to talk about some players in their prime. Now, Penny away, which one would you take? I'm taking the winner. I'm taking Wade. And I'll explain to you why when we get back. All right, y'all. I'm going to wrap this up for tonight. And I'm going to dig a little deeper into my proclamation earlier. And stand by what I said. If I was the GM... More even as a fan, just generally as a fan. I'm riding with D-Wade. Now, you know, of course, you know how I feel about the comparisons, you know, between two ball players, especially two, two, two guys that play two different positions. You got Penny Hardaway, that's a point guard, a true point guard. And you got D-Wade, a true shooting guard. But if I were to have one in their prime, I'm going with D-Wade. Now, prime is relative, I guess. But for the sake of this argument, let's go between the ages of 24 and 29. That would put the way that would put the ways prime between 2006, 2011 to 2010. Now you talk about Penny, that's between 95 and 2000. Let's compare it. And, you know, let's just for the sake of. You know, because this is what people, you know, really want, right? Not what you really wanted. I mean, you really, you really, you know, Penny's really that good. You you really want to go there, guys. Now, don't get me wrong. You know, Penny was a four-time All-Star between 95 and 95, 99, excuse me. Two-time uh, first-team All-NBA. He also was a third-team All-NBA. It's also an all-rookie first team, 94. Now, some of his biggest seasons, I'll go through them. 
1994-95 season, he's able to lead Orlando to 57 wins. Respectable. He uh, averaged 20 points, 20.9 points, basically 21 points, 7 assists, and and a steal. Now, the playoffs, he pretty much took off. 25.5 points, 8 assists. Great numbers. If I'm not too, if I'm not mistaken, didn't he beat Jordan in the conference finals that year? He did, right? So it's a pretty decent year. Now I'm not gonna take anything away from the man. I think those are pretty solid numbers. However, he swept by the Rockets. Now he did average. 30 points, about almost 30 points in the series. Like I said, another 50, 50 percent average from 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 the from the from the paint from the field. And, you know, all great. But that wasn't able to, to calculate to a win. Not even a win in the series. It was swept. Now another dope season I give Penny is 96-97. Average 31 points, two steals. Now in the playoffs. Even more amazing. Uh, he was one of the first players to average uh, 40 points in back-to-back games. And he pretty much, but again, he struggled this time. And this time he couldn't even get out the first round of the playoffs, losing to the Heat in five games. Now, with that being said, uh, afterwards, he was able to have, I think, one more playoff run. Uh, with the, the magic before the injuries started to take effect. Now, this is the this is the thing that fans will say. Well, he was injury prone, and he you know he had to suffer through injury. And maybe just maybe, if he wasn't so injury prone, he'd you know win these finals or he'd win more championships. He'd be in position. But I'll go back. I'll go back to it. Uh, there's two instances in which he was at the top of his game. You can tell by his numbers, the the ninety, the ninety five play, the ninety five finals. Come on, thirty points a game, fifty percent from the field, couldn't even win a game. And then you move on to ninety six, ninety seven. He loses in the first round and basically does about the same thing in terms of scoring. Not even you know more uh, volume shooting. And. Um, by the by the by the year two thousand, by the end of his prime, he was playing at that time, I believe, in, in New York. And oh actually no, excuse me, in Phoenix. Now his his production had dipped a little bit. I think at that point it was down to about seventeen points. However, he was able to have one final playoff run in which they knocked off the Spurs, but then they lost to, you know, the big team of the time. The Lakers. So, you know, and now mind you, you know, I, I never, I, you know, I, I caught the tail end of Penny Hardaway's career. So I saw a lot of his injury ridden, you know, uh, years. But for the most part, I mean, there was there was times in his career, even after the injuries in which he'd have those hot games. And I'm not going to take anything away from you. He's he's pro- he was probably one of the best shooters out there. And scores in general. Now, I'm not going to take away anything from that. I, I'll give him that. But again, it didn't. It didn't translate to victories in terms of championships. Yes, there's personal accolades, but then you can see where he fell off in terms of that after the injuries took effect. 
So there's that. Now, now, mind you, there's there's old heads. There's there's the old G's that are gonna tell you, oh yeah, you know he shot great. He had these monster games scoring wise. And like I said, I'll I'll give them to you. Now he also uh, was a gold medalist, and he was you know he he averaged about nine points in the '96 Olympics, but you know he had 17 points in the gold medal game. So he showed up for that. So there was there was plenty moments and there was plenty highlights in which he, you know, scored tons of points. Now I'm not taking away anything from the man. However, let's let's move on to D Wade. Now, like I said, D Wade's prime will be between 2006 and 2011, like right right when LeBron James got there. Um. Actually, right before LeBron James got there, excuse me. Um, so w- let's start with two. Let's start with two thousand six. Pretty much three years in, Wade has already winning a title, already a Finals MVP. Now, do we need to go back? Do we need to? Do we need to talk about the 06 season right quick? Let's talk about the 06 season right quick. Wade averaged twenty-seven points, almost seven to six with two steals. We're not, and we're not even talking about the blocks. Now he came back from a, a bruised hip to score fifteen on Chicago in the second half and beat them to go up three to and win the in the, win the series. And then we're talking about, and let's talk about, let's talk about the finals, which he which he won by the way, which he won by the way. We start comparing and say, "Oh, I'll take this guy over that guy." Let's let's look at it. Let's talk about three games uh, about three games in particular in the finals. Three, four, and five. After they had gone down zero two to Dallas and Dirk Nowitzki. Let's talk about that. Let's talk about the the forty the forty what was it forty two, thirty six, and another forty two. Really? Oh, I'm sorry, forty six. Excuse me in that in that game three. Come on, we gonna go there in the finals. Down zero zero two, average thirty four point uh thirty four point seven points thirty four point seven points a game, basically thirty five points a game, and this is one of the highest averages in the finals. Not in the playoffs, not first round, second round, Eastern Conference Finals. No, we're talking win the championship. Is on the line, and he's in the his prime. Now, mind you, he's already two. He's already two all star all star seasons in. Remember, he won one in two thousand five. That was his first. Now, let's talk about the thirty three point eight player efficiency rating in the finals. Oh, what? That doesn't cons- that, that's not consider um you, you overlooking stop overlooking the facts y'all two time first team two time second team all nba also third third team all nba not to mention the two time all nba oh sorry second all defensive team diverse game plays defense and can score Need I go on? Let's go on. Let's let's just so we get it all right. When I take when I say this is who I take. 
Yeah, he was a gold medal winner too, and he led everybody in scoring. That's the difference. He won the whole, he won he won it in in 08 in Beijing and was and was a fact and was a real factor throughout. Was a scoring champ. That's it. That's see, that's when you say scoring champ, there's no what do we compare that's scoring champ. All all Penny had was that he could score. And I'll give you he had assists too. And I'll even give you some rebound. But when you when you're on the NBA second team, when you're on the all NBA defensive second team, that's that means you're recognized for your defensive capabilities. That gives him, in my opinion, way more versatility. Way more versatility. Let's let's keep going. Let's keep going. Um, he is the only player in NBA history to get two thousand points, five hundred assists, one hundred steals, and one hundred blocks in a season. This is the same guy. Who scored 46 points in a regular season game on 71% shooting and 12 assists with 12 assists? You know who else did that? You want to know who? Wilt Chamberlain. He is the only player, 6'5 or under, to have 100 blocks in a season. There's more than what he can. Hey, I'm sorry, there's, there's more in which he brings to the table to me. You, you dig what I'm saying? Do you hear me? I go for versatility. I'd rather have versatility. See, when you said scoring champ, that's it. That's it. That's the primes right there. That's they prime. That's the compare. I mean, not to take anything away from Penny, and I'm pretty sure if he wasn't as injury prone, he could have probably done great things. But again, given the circumstances, Given the circumstances, he was at that, and there was at least twice in his career where he was at the top in his prime, and he couldn't get it done. Wade, on the other hand, got it done pretty early. He got a couple more when he got older, but even when he was young, three years in, he he was drafted in 03, was winning the title in 06. I, that's to me. That's see. That's why I don't. Why? Why say? Well, I take Penny for what the highlights. The, the one or two, high, give me the ring. Give me the all-defensive second team. Give me the all-NBA first team and second team nominations. Give me the NBA Finals MVP, the gold medal in which you were the, the, the leading scorer throughout, and the NBA scoring champ. And give me, and sure, Wade had his injuries, and sure they were, you know, they, they might have hurt his team. And sure, not every playoff run he had was necessarily deep. Sure. The year he won the scoring title, I believe he lost in the first round. Hey, you got to take that, L. I'll hold that. I, I, you know, hey, looking at the team he had, I, you know, and the injuries that they had to suffer through. Yeah, I mean, they were lucky to get to the first round. And it, and that's, pre that's pretty much the reason why he had to be the scoring champ, to get that team there over the hump. So that's the MVP caliber season, if you ask me, and with the team like that. And... Sure, I mean, don't get me wrong. There were some amazing plays that Penny Hardaway made. Amazing highlights. 
Um, no, get me wrong. Like, like I said, he has somewhat of a playoff history. But again, give me, give me the, give me the healthier guy. Give me the more versatile player. If I was a GM, I'd make the same decision. As a fan, I'm making the same decision. I saw Wade carry a team to a finals, like I said, three years in. And he was an all-star throughout my high school years and pretty much up until about a couple years ago. That's, that's, I'm sorry. That's, hey, let's say you're, you're let's say you even want to go for your, again, he had about five, five throughout his, five, uh, throughout the prime, uh, four. Hey, you want to go there? Sorry. Got him in all-stars. So, I mean, you want to go stats? Okay. There you go. That's why I think it's a little bit pointless because you'll start saying you'll start you'll start saying things like you know you'll start overlooking facts and that, that's why I think it's not important. The best thing is not to sit there and say, "Well, who's better out of who?" If anything, well, how does this person play differently than that person? Let's, we could say that, but to say who one is better than the other, let's not let's not go down that road because it's easy to say. It's come on, you know. I I I take I take D Wade in a heartbeat. Come on, like I said, give me the scoring champ. If I'm talking about in a prime, give me the scoring champ. I'm hey, that's what I'm leaning on, baby. And I'm talking about good knees, all that. Like I said, he like I said, he had his injuries, but again, he was still able to to be um successful and efficient on both sides of the ball in terms of Wade. So that's what I'm rolling with. On further review, Wade, I'm gonna. I, if it if it had to be, if it had to be that way, if it has to be that way, I gotta go away, y'all. All right, y'all. We'll be back tomorrow. Same same place, same time. You know what it is. Never out of bounds. El Jamal. Good night, y'all. One love.